good God. So I'm going to get right to the message here. We've been speaking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit now we're, uh, for a few weeks. We're doing a series. We want to get all uh, nine gifts. We're going to preach about them. And the reason we're preaching about them is we want you as believers to begin to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit outside these walls. You see, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just for church services. They're for everyday life. And uh, we want you to be comfortable moving in those gifts. So there are nine gifts listed in Corinthians, and we're going to read them again, and then we're going to look at the specific one for today. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So nine gifts listed, each of them from the Holy Spirit for his people, for our benefit for our good, okay? So remember, the things the Holy Spirit gives are gifts for your good. Now, specifically today, we're going to look at the gift of discerning of spirits. Now, let me just give you a real simple definition, discerning of spirits, distinguishing or recognizing spirits. This may include angels or evil spirits. Now, obviously, with this gift, we're going to be talking about some spiritual things today. I don't want anybody to get uh, nervous or feel like, oh, this is weird. Just stick with me. I'll try not to scare anybody. But we'll talk about the spiritual today and how it's very real. So first off, if you're a believer, you already recognize the Holy Spirit. No gift of discernment needed. You feel his love, you feel his presence, you know, oh, that's Holy Spirit. Whether it's in worship, maybe worship that you listen to in your earbuds during the week, you feel his presence, you can discern Holy Spirit. Because as a believer, Christ said he was going to sit at the right hand of the Father, but he'd send you another comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. So we already know and understand the Holy Spirit. However, the gift of discerning of spirits means that you are able to be aware or see other spirits, meaning angels or uh, even evil spirits. Okay, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. So I'm just reading this portion of scripture so that you can understand that the Lord wants us to be aware of the spiritual... uh, forces around us. Now, this can pertain to somebody speaking or doing, you know, are they operating in a right spirit? But it can also uh, be 
just in general, what is happening in the spiritual world around us. The Lord wants us to be aware, not, as you'll see in other scriptures, dull of hearing or our eyes and ears closed. But we're going to look at that in a little bit. So, discerning of spirits or what spiritual forces we're encountering in our lives is important to us. And obviously, this is scriptural, and discerning of spirits happens throughout the Bible and continues to happen today. Discerning of spirits is God's way of allowing his people to know what's happening in the spiritual realm. Okay? 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 15. I'm going to give you some Old Testament stories about it first, and then we're going to go from there. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. You see, there was an actual physical army that had surrounded the area where Elisha and his servant were. They were coming actually to capture Elisha. And when the servant sees it, he is scared. But Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. He's talking about his spiritual eyes because he obviously wasn't blind. He saw the army, but he didn't see anything spiritually. And Elisha prays and says, you need to see what's happening spiritually. And when he does, he sees that the hill is filled with angels. Now, the angels that he saw took on the form of soldiers, horses, chariots of fire, which would be appropriate for the setting they were in. Now, if you've read scripture, you realize angels can take on form, different form if necessary. There's in Daniel where we read that the angel took the form of a man. Now, so sometimes people have entertained angels unaware, it says in the New Testament. Well, how could you entertain or have an angel at your house and not know what it means? They look like a person and you thought it was a person. Okay? So spiritual is real. And it happened that in order for this situation to be resolved, they needed to see in the spirit. The young servant needed to see in the spirit to get rid of his fear and realize, oh, okay, we're okay. There's angels helping and looking after us. But also Elisha, seeing in the spirit, knew how to take action moving forward. And as this story continues, Elisha prays, Lord, make the army blind. And then he goes to him and says, you're in the wrong place. Let me lead you to where you need to go. And he leads them to the capital city where they're surrounded. And they end up being treated as prisoners and sent home. Now, the thing is, that army also wasn't made naturally blind. They just became blind in their minds to who Elisha was and where they were. And he takes them somewhere else. So please understand the spiritual is real and God wants his people to be aware for a reason. Look at Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. 
Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. But now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. Daniel knew that there's a spiritual realm. But he had gone to prayer in this instant because a prophetic word had said that after this many years, God's people would be set free. And so he begins to pray and says, God, I feel like this is the time from what I can see and I want you to show me things. He was asking to be shown things. And God chose to send him an angel to show him things. The angel, while speaking a vision, also opens his understanding to the fact that there was spiritual forces that were in charge of the political realm. I just want to let you know this hasn't changed. There are spiritual forces behind people that are in places of power. That's a fact. Now, you can try to deal with it only in the natural, and if you do, you won't win. You need to do both, the natural and the spiritual. You see, God expects us to do things that need to be done in the natural, but also he expects us to pray and to deal with the spiritual. And when we do, we win. We see God do what needs to be done. I find it interesting that Daniel took that time to pray. When he began to pray, God sent angels and spiritual battles began to happen to fulfill what needed to happen. You play a part in what happens in the spiritual realm. This is what I'm trying to bring to you this morning. You play a part. If you choose not to pray, if you choose not to do anything, you're not going to set anything in motion in the unseen world. You have the opportunity, the privilege, if you will, to change things in the spiritual when you pray. Now, let me just give you an example in a natural if you're wondering well, how would that work for us? Because, you see, I'm bringing this because I want you to grow in your gifts. I want you to be willing and to know how to pray in the spiritual. An example, early, really early in the year, kind of the end of last year, uh, I had mentioned that this year we're going to need to really pray for the youth. And we want to see them come. We want to see them find hope. Because I had received a couple calls in one week of young people trying to end their lives. And when I went to prayer, it was made real to me. There's a lot of young people with no hope because they see no future with what they're hearing in the news and what's going on, and they're not able to comprehend and work through things. And so we began to pray. Now, I prayed in the spiritual side of things, but I probably didn't bring that to you guys. And some here also prayed and you know, praise the Lord, great things happening already this year. Three teenagers at one service gave their lives to Christ here. At one of the morning services, another uh, young girl in a life group gave her life to Christ. Already this year, we've seen 12 people accept Christ as their Savior in one month because people need the Lord. But 
it began with prayer. And things begin to happen in the spiritual outside this building. So I want to bring it to you. How would you pray in the spiritual side of somebody not wanting to live? Do you know how? Maybe you have a niece or a cousin or a, a relative who doesn't want to live anymore. Now, yes, you need to do what's necessary in the natural. And that would be talking to them, making sure they're getting hugs, making sure you're encouraging them, letting them know how special they are. Important, but there's also a spiritual side to it. And do you know how to pray on the spiritual side? So I'm telling you, even without discernment, you can know there's a spiritual side if somebody's trying to end their life. That's just scriptural because he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, or the enemy, not Christ. Christ comes to give life, not death. So if somebody's wanting to end their life, there's a spiritual force at work. You can just know that without the gift of discernment. But I want you to know how to pray. So here's how you would pray for somebody in that type of situation. So I would pray like this. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing young man. Thank you that you created him. You gave him gifts. You have a future already designed for him, and it's good. Because your plans for him are good, and they are going to be exciting because you know and you created them for it. So I would pray, begin like that. Then I would pray about the spiritual part. And I would say this. I would say, if there's been any spiritual attacks coming against his mind to tell him he's no good or that he should end his life, we cancel those right now in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of suicide. I command it to be gone from his thoughts in Jesus' name. Okay, simple like that. And by doing that, I've dealt with the spiritual. Now, again, if I only pray that and I never say hello to him or I, I'm, you know, his parent and I tell him how stupid he is every day or something, well, I wasted my time doing the spiritual if I don't do the natural also. Do you see the two go together? So this is why we're talking about this because it's real, all right? People you know need you as a Christian to deal with the spiritual, okay? And if you don't, who will? If we as Christians aren't willing to deal with the spiritual, who will? Okay? It's important. All right. Luke chapter 13 and verse 11 is a story where Jesus, of course, uh, uses discerning of spirits. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. You see, Jesus realized the sickness she had was actually caused by a spirit, not just a sickness that needed antibiotics or something like that. Okay? He discerned this is a spiritual sickness, and we're going to deal with it. And so... Just in his statement, you're loosed from that sickness. He loosed the spiritual part from her, and immediately she was made well. And this is real. Sickness can obviously come from spiritual forces. Now, obviously, sickness is not from God, right? The sin that came on the world brought sickness in. That's not his will anyhow. We've done messages on healing and being well before, but this specific sickness had a spirit behind it. 
Yes, that happens even today. My wife and I did many years of traveling in northern communities and communities where there were spiritual things going on. Curses and witchcraft were common. And in those places, you would meet people who had things going on in their body, limps and problems, and they knew that it had come from somebody who didn't like them and the person did medicine and curses on them. And there'd be other people who knew that people were sick because they put the curse on them. It's real. And through prayer and breaking off the witchcraft or curse, I'll just use the word witchcraft for anything that's spiritual that's not of God. They can be set free from the sickness and healing can begin. But only going to the doctor and trying to fix it won't fix it if you don't deal with the spiritual. This is important. Don't be, don't be scared at all. Matthew 16, 22 to 23. I want to read this one. This is a little lighter, but it's also where you need discernment for what's happening spiritual. Verse 22, then Peter took him aside, talking about Jesus, and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this will not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Okay, you need to understand something. Peter was not possessed. Peter was actually Jesus' right-hand man. Not too long before this, God had actually commended him for having a spiritual revelation of who he was and given him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And now, shortly after, he's saying, get behind me, Satan. What happened? Peter was giving him a message that originated, obviously, from Satan himself, the enemy. If you read the context, it sounds like Peter maybe got that idea from other people because he said, you're minding the things of men. So maybe he heard other people saying, Jesus, you need to be king. You need to, you know, defeat the Romans, whatever. Context before, you'll see why I said that if you go read it at home. And now he's telling Jesus, you're not going to go through this suffering that you just told us. You're not going to go to, no, no, no. And Jesus rebukes, get behind me, Satan. The message Peter was giving was a message that originated from Satan, even though he may have heard it from other people. This is key for you and I as Christians, even strong believers. The message you're giving out, make sure you didn't just get it from others and it may have originated from somewhere you shouldn't be giving that message. Okay? This is important. We want to make sure that the things we're speaking and saying are glorifying God and our messages that he wants us to give. Not just messages of people and originating from the wrong place. So that also requires discerning of spirits. Jesus wants us to use our gifts and to be discerning. When we have discerning of spirits, we know what action to take and we know how to use our authority going forward. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So there is a spiritual battle going on. There are spiritual forces that are behind leaders and things in the spirit that we don't see in the natural. You and I are called to make a difference to be aware. Did you know that in the political realm, you and I need to be praying as well as what we feel God asking us to do in the natural, whatever he's asking you to do. But also prayer is important because behind every leader, there's spiritual forces at work. And if you're willing to pray, you'll see a difference. But the story that came to my mind that I want to share with you also happened a number of years ago. My wife and I were, had taken a group of uh, youth actually up to do some, I guess you'd call it mission work, and we were holding meetings in an area for about a month. And uh, while we were there, during those meetings, some spiritual things began to happen. We were in an area where there was a lot of witchcraft and uh, things like that going on, so we, we knew we'd probably run into it. But at this meeting, uh, towards the end of the meeting, there was some prayer for people, and there were some people, uh, some spiritual things were happening, and they needed to get set free. And I was praying for someone. It wasn't a spiritual situation for them. But I noticed over here there was a, a, young, a young person laying on the floor, and obviously something spiritual was happening. I didn't need any discernment for it. It was pretty obvious uh, what was going on with them. And to the point where they were even, whatever this spiritual thing was, was even choking them. And uh, so it was actually a young person we brought with us. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to go help whoever's praying for him. Let's finish this off. Let's make sure this spiritual thing is done with. And quickly prayed for him, commanded whatever that was to leave. Uh, it was obvious something left, and he was at peace. No choking, everything was good. He was free. Well, at that same time as it prayed, my wife's older brother, who has tasked on now, he was on the platform, and his eyes got really big. And all of a sudden, he's waving at me to come over. He seemed a little worried. So I went over. I said, is, is everything okay? Like, what's, what's going on? He said, well, when you were praying for that guy, I saw something. He said, you're praying, and when you were praying, all of a sudden, I saw this ugly, hairy thing come out of his mouth. And he was describing it to me. I was like, oh, that's pretty creepy. And, he says, and then it went over here and went out the window. I said, okay, well, that's good. It's gone. No, he said, because two of the young girls snuck out, and they were just going around that way. Even if they snuck out. And then I, I believe I went and told my wife, can you go find those two girls who snuck out? But the point is of this, he, without realizing it, had the gift of discerning of spirits. He was able to see what was going on in the spiritual, not just the natural. And because of that, well, we knew how to pray and knew we needed to look after something else as well as what was happening up there. So discerning of spirits is important so you know how to take action. Because if you don't realize there's something spiritual, you're only going to work harder in the natural and it may not make any difference. At the 9 a.m. service, we prayed for businesses because even businesses can have spiritual attacks against them. 
without realizing it, and so we prayed. I remember a story hearing a, there was a gentleman, he was a preacher for a while, and, but before he came to Christ, he was actually a medicine man, and he put curses on people and did witchcraft and things like that. And he told a story how when he was into this, he wasn't even into it that long, but he, he knew he had power by the evil spirits. Uh, now, they wouldn't have called them evil spirits, different name for them, but that's what they were. And he could cause things to happen to people. And he told this story how he was hitchhiking. And this guy in a really nice car drove by and, and went by him and didn't pick him up. And it made him mad, so he put a curse on him. And he cursed his vehicle. Two vehicles later, someone picks him up. He drives into town, and there on Main Street is this guy with the hood up on his vehicle trying to figure out why his vehicle won't run. Yeah, I know, and you're thinking, no, spiritual things can happen to vehicles? Yeah. Spiritual things can happen in homes? Yep. So, but if you don't know that, you're just going to wonder, why is all this problem happening with this? Or why is all this going on with that? So, being aware in the spiritual, you can deal with it. Now, that gentleman would probably not figure that out on his own, would he? He didn't know he did anything wrong. And so, for you as well in your life, is somebody jealous of you or your business and you have no clue? Does your business or your position require you to correct people or maybe even let people go? And then they do things because they're mad. If that's the case, well, there could be spiritual things happening and you need to deal with them. So I just want to leave that there. We already talked about someone feeling suicide. How would you pray in the spiritual for a business or a vehicle? Which one should we do? Maybe we will do both. I don't know. Okay, let's do business. How would you pray for a business... Uh, especially if it seemed there were spiritual things happening. You say, well, how would I know that? Um, if there's nonstop this problems going on and issues happening and you work twice as hard and it's still, they're even worse, often that means there's something spiritual, okay? Because always, yeah, there's breakdowns and things, but that often means there's something spiritual going on, so you would pray about it. So um, today, I'm going to pray for it businesses, as an example, so I'm not saying there's businesses here that's happening, but I'm going to pray for them anyways. So if you guys are okay with that, so any business represented here, I'll pray for it, how you would pray in the spiritual for a business. You see, the spiritual realm is more real than we realize. We just don't see it with these eyes. But God wants us to. But So here, let's do it. So right now, I'm going to pray. This is how I pray about spiritual things for business. We pray right now for businesses represented here in this service. Lord, we bring those businesses before you, and we say thank you, Lord, that Christian people have these businesses. They're using them for good for your kingdom. Lord, I pray blessing and favor over those business. I pray increase, and I ask for more. But Lord, I also pray for any spiritual attack that has been sent against these business. Even now, I break that spiritual attack. I cut off every curse word, every negative word that's been repeated and spoken against the business. I cancel it in Jesus' name. If there's been any spiritual, uh, spiritual things sent against the business, right now I cancel that in Jesus' name. 
I bind the spirits at work, command them be gone. I thank you, Lord. You put angels round about these businesses, and they prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so again, that's not memorized. I just start and pray as I'm feeling the Holy Spirit led. Why am I giving you examples? Because the pastor isn't the only one who can do that. Any believer can pray that way. You can pray for your home that way. You can pray for vehicle that way. You can pray for a business that way. Deal with the spiritual and the natural. Okay? It, it happens for us here as well. You know, church, homes, all kind of things happen. Prayer should be a part of anything you do. And when you pray, God gives you peace and gives you direction because the spiritual is important. Okay. When we have discerning of spirits, we know the next step to take. Let me give you one more verse in there. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. That's talking about spiritual stuff, guys. You pull down spiritual strongholds over places and things through prayer. You got to use your authority. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, he's brought the spiritual battle somewhere else that it happens often, and that is your mind. If the enemy is going to wear you out or get you to quit, he's going to try to attack your thoughts and your mind because that's what drives you. So often, People don't realize there's a spiritual battle there. How would you deal with that? Well, maybe the enemy's throwing thoughts at you. You're a failure. You're no good, and you're not meant for your partner. You need to leave them. But you get the point, right? So thoughts may be bombarding you that are from the enemy, and you need to deal with it. Here's how you would deal with it. Thoughts coming, that came to you, you know, I really actually feel this, hap- this happened for someone. That thought came to you. You're not meant for him. You know, it was a failure to go with him in the first place. You have to leave him. That's the enemy, by the way. So I'm going to just pray in that one. So how would I pray about that one? I would pray like this. Every thought that is not from God that is bombarding me right now, I rebuke it. I command it. Leave my mind. I do not receive those thoughts or dwell on them. I tear them down. And I choose to replace them with thoughts of, from God. Thank you, Lord. You put me and the, my partner together. We are meant to be one. And the situations we're going through, we have victory. I thank you. It's going to get sweeter and sweeter. We will face spiritual battles as true believers. And we will win those battles when we discern what's going on in the spiritual and use the authority that God has given us. Matthew 16, verse 15, we read where authority was given, and this is actually, I mentioned it briefly, about Peter. So Jesus talking says, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So he is given authority to deal with the spiritual. If you are a Christian and you have asked Holy Spirit to come into your life as well, you have authority to deal with the spiritual. You see, as a church to even fulfill our role, we need to allow Holy Spirit to work through us. And we need to be willing to have our eyes and ears open to what's going on in the Spirit. Listen to Matthew 13, verse 15. It says, For the heart of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see and your ears for the hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And one other verse, Acts 28 and 27. For the heart of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. Now, both these scriptures, they took a quote from the Old Testament uh, for what they were talking about, in case you're wondering why they were so, so similar at the beginning. But both of them speak to that people on purpose had closed their eyes and ears to the spiritual. So from this... I want to encourage you, be willing to allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to open your spiritual ears and eyes. Don't close it. Don't become dull of hearing. Say, Lord, yes, I'm willing. I want to be awake to the spiritual so that I know how to move forward, so that I know how to win the battle. And when you're willing and awake to it, good things are coming. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. The devil blinds people's minds even to the gospel message. You and I, if we know that in the spirit, we can pray and command blindness to come off. I remember a number of years ago traveling with a minister, and he actually did tent meetings, and he would do tent meetings even in the big cities. And this was in the late 90s, I guess, before I was married. And I was traveling with him, and they put up a big tent downtown Edmonton. And I remember there was an empty lot on this side of the street, and an empty lot on that side, and then a liquor store on the corner, and I believe the church was somewhere over here. But we set up this great big tent in the empty lot. We had to remove a whole lot of junk, and there were a lot of street people in that area. And as a matter of fact, the one 
uh, Monday morning at 7 o'clock. I remember because we actually stayed in the vehicle to watch the tent because it was not a safe area. So we would watch the tent and then we would do ministry during the day and in the evening. But the one morning is like 7 in the morning and kind of, and I'm like, what? Why is there a lineup of people? I looked over to the lot across the street. There was literally a lineup of people. And at that time, I didn't know what the building was. I'm like, they're lined up. And I remember seeing this one lady in the lineup, and I'll never, it, I can't forget the image anymore. She had no arms. They were only about this long, uh, maybe diabetes, I don't know, but she had no arms. She had a wineskin over, uh, over her neck to hold alcohol. But she had no arms. And all of a sudden it came to me, oh my goodness, that's a liquor store and it was closed on Sunday. And this time of the month, people have got some money from government. And they were lined up waiting for it to open. Somebody so far down, they had no arms, yet there was people helping them in the line. It was not something that I thought even happened. Guys, there's some real hurting people in spiritual bondage, but their minds are blinded to the truth, to God's truth. And... This was the area we were in to minister to people. And I remember the evangelist I was traveling with, he actually, before he came to Christ, was on the streets. And he knew how it all worked. He knew the system. He knew you had to be tough. And he knew there was bosses in certain areas. And while we were there, I think we'd only maybe been there a day or it might even been the day we're setting up, this guy comes across the street with a couple guys and he's looking real tough. And the evangelist, I was with, he said, this guy's the boss. I'm going to go talk to him. And he went up there and he grabbed his hand and he held his hand really tight. And he said, I'm just going to say to you, I don't want any trouble with this tent. Is that clear? And the guy, yeah, yeah, I'll make sure there's no trouble. <laughs> he was the boss. But then he continued and he said, you know, I just wanted to talk to you about Jesus a little bit. And he asked him, you know, talked to him a bit. And he said, would you like to receive Christ into your life as your Savior, like to forgive you and come in your life? And the guy looked at him and said, no, no, I wouldn't. And he said, okay, well, is it okay then if I just pray for you? And the guy, yeah, okay. So he prayed for him and he prayed. I remember the prayer was super short. Something like, Lord, I thank you for this man. And Lord, I just pray right now and we command the blindness that the enemies put over him to come off his eyes right now. It was almost that short of a prayer. Prayer's done. He looks at the guy again. He says, oh, I'm just wondering, would you like to accept Christ as your Savior and pray for your sins to be forgiven? He's, yeah, I would. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what just happened? Well, what just happened was the blindness that the enemy had put on him that was keeping him from receiving was gone. You see, because everyone needs to be able to receive Christ in their life. No matter who they are, no matter what they've been through, no matter how far down they've gone. But the enemy wants to blind them and keep them there. So today, we also declare that, that the blindness that the enemy has put on people in our community to salvation be broken off in Jesus' name.